It was the definition of an ugly win, but a win's a win. We're going to talk about it on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day, and thank you to my everydayers who are here every day. Wherever you get your podcast, hit like, subscribe, turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. You can stay in touch with that content by following me and the podcast on Twitter slash X at RichieBrads36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off of your first purchase. Look, this game was a mess in more ways than one, but a win's a win. Arizona State played Southern Utah last night slash this morning, and we're ultimately able to get a 24-21 to 21 win. There's a lot to work on here. But there's some good things to take away, too. That's where we're going to start. We're going to start with the good things to take away from this game. And it it really does begin with Jaden Rashada. Now, look, Rashada didn't have necessarily the strongest day, but... He still had a very quality day, especially if you only look at the box score. Jaden Rashada completed 18 of 31 passes for 236 yards and two touchdowns. There were several big plays for Arizona State. Looking at the box score, you can see Mel Constaval caught a 33-yard pass. That was very early in the game. Rashada hit him in stride. It was a beautiful pitch and catch. One of the Staple big plays of the night, but also the first standout play of Jaden Rashada's uh, stint at Arizona State. There was also a 26-yard catch from Cameron Scadaboo. I have now heard it both ways. The announcers were calling him Scadaboo. That is what we're rolling with, is Cameron Scadaboo. Even though I heard uh, a coach call him Scadaboo, we're rolling with Scadaboo. That is what I'm hearing. Moving forward, if Cameron is listening to this podcast, please give me the correct pronunciation. I have heard it from everybody a different way, but we're going with Scadaboo until further notice. Scadaboo had a 26-yard catch. Jalen Conyers had a 43-yard catch. Those two were a lot more yards after contact and yards after the catch for those guys. They were able to create, but nonetheless, it did help inflate Jaden's, Jaden's, what do you call it? Passing numbers, his his yards, that's what it is. And then there was Xavier Guillory with a 47-yard touchdown catch. That catch was very important because not only did it turn into a touchdown, but it was on fourth and eight. Fourth and eight and Kenny Dillingham, who in the press conference said, no risk it, no biscuit, tossed that ball 47 yards. There was really good coverage too, but it was just a great throw that was right in the bread basket for Guillory. And he made a great pit, great play to be able to haul that pass in 
it was really cool. It was a really great play. Love to see it. It was one of the plays that really hyped up and energized the fan base for Arizona State. First half, Jaden Rashada was terrific. The other, the other part of the offense that was getting going really well was the run game. And I mean, my goodness, they looked really, really good in the ground game, which, you know, isn't something that we're necessarily not used to seeing from Arizona State, but still impressive nonetheless. Cameron Scadaboo carried the ball 17 times for 71 yards and a touchdown. Could have had a second touchdown, but my boy Isaiah Glass had a holding penalty that wiped that out. And we'll get to that a little later in the podcast as well. But then the Carlos Brooks also had himself a really quality day as well, carrying the ball 12 times for 63 yards. And he ended up just being a chunk machine. And the other thing that was really cool with him was they were giving him like fullback snaps. And then they were doing fullback dives. I think they did it three separate times with the Carlos. He made the most of it too. You could tell that he was just, he he was making the most of every opportunity he got. But I feel like it was also really telling that Arizona State was wanting to use more than one back. You have Scadaboo towed it 17 times. You have the Carlos Brooks towed it 12 times. They're splitting these carries. You know, we'll we'll talk about that a little later on, but really worth noting. And then the last part of the good that we saw was the defense really stepped up. And the defense was able to really, really cl- be clutch when it mattered. Like, they were giving up some big plays. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But when push came to shove, this defense was able to hold down Southern Utah from going on a game-winning drive. You take that. You take that and run. There was definitely some positives here with the defense, even though they didn't get any sacks and they didn't get any turnovers. They still were able to come up clutch when it mattered the most. And that's the that's the biggest takeaway that you can take here for the defense. Also worth noting, Xavier Guillory was just dominant. But, you know, I don't think anyone was too surprised with that. He looks great. Looking forward to more of him. There was a lot of negatives to take away from this game, though. Where Jaden Rashada shined in the first half, he was really not good in the second half. He was not able to hit and connect on some balls, and there was some wide-open plays, too. Bryce Pierre was wide open down the sideline for what could have been his third touchdown of the game. Elijah Badger was also open down the field. He missed him. I believe there was another play to Guillory that he missed. Like there was, there was at least two. I believe there was three home run shots that Rashada wasn't able to connect on. And maybe you can blame it on the rain because in case you didn't know, there was a two and a half hour rain delay last night. It was absolutely brutal. It, it was it was tough. They resumed play. Uh, they got back from halftime at 9 o'clock. They didn't resume until 11.30. So Pac-12 after dark became Pac-12 before dawn. It was insane. The game ended at about 1 o'clock, I believe. If you stayed up, good for you. Hopefully you called out of work today. But Rashada was really just not able to get anything going in the second half. And, you know, maybe it's because the ball's wet. Maybe he just wasn't able to get into a rhythm. But he's got to be able to put a full 60 minutes uh, together. Like I I feel like you can give him a mulligan. If you're more optimistic, if you're more pessimistic, then, you know, how come, how come nothing was going right in the second half? Arizona state only had three points 
in the second half against Southern Utah. You can't do that. Can't do that. You also just had a lot of issues with the defense. And while they did stand tall, and for the most part of the game, they were really able to kind of clamp down on Southern Utah. They they did a really good job outside of two drives where he gave up a touchdown. They were able to really get to the football really quickly and really squander this pass rush. They were allowing less than three yards of carry on the ground. And yes, they did give up a touchdown, but that touchdown was at the one yard line. Like they did an excellent job as a unit being able to limit the run game. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, who is their who is their quarterback? Justin Miller was under sixty percent completion. They as a, under fifty percent, excuse me. And they as a team were a flat fifty percent completion. One of one of the plays was Grady Robinson, their wide receiver on a on a trick play that ended up kind of getting broken because Arizona State snuffed it out. But look, there's still a lot to improve on here with the defense. There was no pass rush, there were no turnovers, and the worst part of all. There was a lot of big plays given up. There was a lot of big plays given up. And you simply cannot have that happen against really good teams, let alone against Southern Utah. There there was just a lot of chunk plays. There was a lot of bad tackling. And Arizona State was lucky to have some of them wiped out because of penalties, because they were just getting gashed. So definitely got to improve in those areas. But overall... This is a solid performance from the team. The last big, like the bad takeaway here, penalties. It's nothing that we're not accustomed to seeing at this point, but it is still beyond frustrating nonetheless. It was a game that had 17 penalties called. There was eight on Southern Utah and there was nine on Arizona State. Arizona State was charged with 100 yards and penalties. In fact, there was one drive where we started at the six-yard line, and there was, I think, I think two holds. There might have been three holds on that drive that pushed you. There was three holds. Yeah, it pushed you from first and goal from the six to second and goal from the 26. They were able to get some of the yards back on third down, and then there was another hold, and it pushed them back even further. Like, you can't do that, guys. We got to be better than this. There were personal foul penalties on BJ Green. Clayton Smith was ejected at towards the very beginning of the game for a very questionable, very questionable targeting call, but hence why everybody hates targeting. It was, it was a mess in the penalties department. And you, you're hoping that maybe this is a one-off thing. Maybe the team was just really frustrated because of, the rain delay and stuff like that, because there definitely was a lot more penalties in the second half than there was the first half. This really was a tale of two halves for Arizona State. You're hoping that you're able to clean up a lot from what you saw in the second half of play. But bottom line, this was not Arizona State's best performance. It's not how you wanted to come out and start the Kenny Dillingham era. But the good news is you did get the win to start the year off for the team. That's all that matters at the end of the day. And look, if you guys are stressed out about trying to find last-minute tickets for your favorite events or football teams like Arizona State, then you got to try out Game Time because buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is fast and easy in order to buy your tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater, and more. With killer deals on last-minute tickets, 
and best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped about the fun you're going to have. The best part about game time is they have so many different experiences on their app. There's flash deals for last minute tickets. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every event in your area. You get an image of the seat views so that you can make sure that it's exactly where you want to be with the lowest price guaranteed event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. With their game time guarantee, that means that you're going to get the best price no matter what. So if you find tickets in that same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You get that image, like I was saying, to make sure that it looks exactly like what you want to look like when you arrive. Buy the tickets in a matter of seconds. It's two taps and you're all set. And the tickets are sent directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your email. Snag those tickets without stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, let's hop right back into the conversation. But before we get that far, wherever you are getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications because we have a lot to talk about for Arizona State. Back into this game, though, I think there's three big takeaways here. I think there's three big takeaways. And two are more positive. One is a little more negative. The first takeaway, Jaden Rashad is the real deal. This is, and the whole offense, honestly, looks great. Jaden Rashada was able to hit the deep balls, and Jaden Rashada was very confident and comfortable in the pocket. In the first half of the game, he was completing right about 75% of his passes. He, I believe he was 12 of 16 in the first half. He was terrific, and he was hitting on the deep ball. He was getting the ball out underneath. What really impressed me is he got the ball out very quick and very, very fast. You can see the velocity on his throws as he was able to throw outside the hashes and the ball got there like that. I mean, this dude is exactly as advertised. He looked great. And yes, the second half wasn't very good. But again, there's other factors to take into account. I don't want to create excuses for Jane Rashana necessarily, but if you're if you're going to pick apart his game, it is important to understand that there was a lot of outside forces that were going on here that could lead to any quarterback, not just Jaden Rashada, that could lead to any quarterback having a bad second half. He he could have had a third touchdown. He potentially could have had a fourth touchdown and lived up to my uh, game prediction. But nonetheless, he still threw two touchdowns. He still completed 60 plus percent of his passes. He still threw for over 200 yards and he didn't turn the ball over. He only took one sack, and quite frankly, it was just a really bad breakdown by the offensive line. It, 
I think it was closer to a blindside sack than it was anything else. Like, he got crushed. But outside of that, I mean, he was confident. He was comfortable. For for a true freshman, he looked about as good as he co- as he possibly could. Again, really want to emphasize this. Second half was not good. It really wasn't. But there were outside forces here. And if he connects on some of those deep balls that he missed on, he's well over 300 yards. He's closer to 70% completion. And he has three, maybe even four touchdown passes. The plays were there. The plays were absolutely there for Jaden Rashada. You're just hoping that he's able to continue to build upon that and become a better player moving forward. Cross that bridge when you get to it. But Jaden Rashada, ladies and gentlemen, is the real deal. We have to be thrilled with the performance he put together. The second big takeaway for me is that this offense has no shortage of weapons. Like, you had a lot of players that were making big plays for you. Yes, Elijah Badger did miss the first half of the game for absolutely tuning up some Wildcats in the Territorial Cup last year. But when he came out in the second half, he looked pretty good. And don't get it wrong, like, he his box score was three catches for 19 yards. He was much, much better than that because he also had an 81-yard kick return that set the Sun Devils up at the six-yard line right before they coughed up that position, that field position. He killed it as a kick return. In total, two returns for 100 yards, including that 81-yard return. He also had the three catches for 19 yards, but one of those was a 16-yard catch. He also had his first catch was like a loss of two or three because it was a it was a screen pass that got snuffed out by the Thunderbirds. He looks explosive. He was able to get open deep, but Rashada wasn't able to hit him. Badger still looks good. Dillery, five catches, 73 yards and a touchdown. Explosive. The fact that he's your number two receiver, that's terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying for opposing defenses. You have to respect Badger. You have to respect Gillery. And of course, you have to respect Jalen Conyers, who missed the second half. He didn't look injured. He was in street clothes. I don't really know what was going on there. But he did have in the first half, had two catches for 51 yards, including that 43-yard scamper. There were other opportunities for him. He did have a drop, or at least it was a, a pass that was really difficult for him to pull in. He could have had a bigger day if he was playing in the second half, but he still showed off the stuff, man. And then, of course, the run game. Scannaboo had 71 yards, and Brooks had uh, 63 yards. And then in the receiving game, Scannaboo had 41 yards. Brooks had another 11 yards. Like, your running backs look terrific. They look like they're going to be able to get the job done for you this year. So there, ladies and gentlemen, is no shortage of weapons. There is a lot of guys with a lot of talent to be able to put together a lot of big plays for the Sun Devils this year. I'm really excited about everything that they've got going on. And I really encourage you guys as well to be bought in on, on this on this offense. Now, the one negative here, this pass rush needs work. They weren't able to get home. In fact, it was a pretty clean pocket for most of the day for Justin Miller. There was just... There, there really was just nothing to write home about. Clayton Smith got ejected early from the game, and that might have taken a really big toll, but... BJ Green, he he was able to get into the backfield a handful of times. He did have a shoestring tackle that prevented Justin Miller from having a really big run. Other than that, it really wasn't much. And 
I know that they were missing Anthony Cooper and they were missing CJ fight. You still got to be able to create pressure. Pressure was not there. This was a problem last year. You're really hoping that this isn't a problem that persists for this year, but pass rush needs a lot of work right now. This is not a unit that looks reliable. It just needs some work. Again, hopefully it's not the same thing that we saw last year. Thanks again for tuning in. Wherever you get your podcast hit, like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Finally, it's the best part of the show. It's time to hand out some game balls. I got three game balls to hand out here, and it starts with the most obvious one. Look, Jaden Rashada absolutely deserves a game ball. Yes, he struggled in the second half. I've said that multiple times. But as a whole, Jaden Rashada played a very good game. Jaden Rashada was everything that you were hoping he would be. And again, it maybe if the ball's not soaking wet, you were able to connect on some of those deep balls. And he gets over 300 yards, and he gets three touchdowns, maybe four touchdowns. Rashada looked really good at the end of the day. So, yes, one great half, one bad half. As a whole, he played a lot more good football than he did more bad football. Definitely deserves a game ball. And for what it's worth, happy birthday, Jaden. You know, yesterday was his birthday. He got the win. He threw two touchdowns. Happy birthday, Jaden. I hope that you enjoyed your 20th birthday. Second game ball, this is kind of tough to decide. I rank Cameron Scadaboo. I I feel like Guillory is a really good honorable mention here. But Scadaboo in total had 21 touches. Um, 112 total yards and a touchdown should have had a second touchdown, but Isaiah glass cost him on a holding penalty. Scadaboo was great. Scadaboo looks like the bell cow that you want to see out of this team. Definitely gets my second game ball. Again, honorable mention to Guillory. Really difficult not to give it to him, especially with that touchdown catch on fourth and eight. That was 47 yards. Like, he played lights out. He was really, really good. He gets my game ball there. Final game ball. I feel like this might surprise some people, but when I start to explain it, you'll understand. Jordan Clark is receiving my final game ball. The reason why is he took on a massive, massive leadership role for this team. He played extremely well. He had five tackles. Nothing else besides that, but he had five tackles. He was able to help this defense get into better positions. He helped the defense hold down Southern Utah when it mattered most on their final drive of the game. Got the got the ball back for the team. And Kenny Dillingham said as he was running off the field, he was telling the offense, we got you. We got you. It's leadership qualities like that that you're looking for out of your stars that you're looking for out of your veterans like Jordan Clark. He stepped up. And then what really caught my attention too was during the post-game press conference when we were talking to some of the guys and we we had Jaden Rashada, Deshaun Mallory, and Jordan Clark all at the podium. And Rashada was getting some really tough questions. Rashada was asked some very, very tough questions. And at some point, it felt like there was a lot more negative conversation than there was positive conversation. So Jordan Clark stepped in. He said, hey, this kid just went out 
and balled out. He won this game. He didn't turn the ball over. Why don't we ask him about that? Why don't we ask him about the good that he did in this game? And, you know, it kind of got quiet. And then we started asking the the positive questions to Jaden Rashada. And, of course, Jordan Clark chimed right back in. He goes, that's a good question. He's a leader, ladies and gentlemen. He has embraced this newfound role for himself. He is a leader through and through. He's getting his game ball. If you weren't a fan of Jaden Clark or Jaden, of Jordan Clark before, you should be. This guy lives and breathes Sun Devil football. He exhibits the leadership qualities that you are looking for out of a guy. And the bottom line here, he is beyond impressive. He's beyond his years. I'm rooting big time for Jordan Clark. If you weren't a lifelong fan of him before, you should be out of this game. Mr. Clark, please take this first game ball. I would not be surprised if you end up getting more game balls. What are your guys' biggest takeaways from the game? Did you stay up? Did you stay up until 1 o'clock for this game to finish up on a Thursday night slash Monday morning? Whatever you guys think about the game, let me know in the comments on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter slash X at RichieBrats36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. But that's all that I got for you guys today. Shout out to the Sun Devils for being able to get their first one of the year and their first win of the Kenny Dillingham era. This was a very important win, and hopefully you're able to take more positives away from it than negatives and build it up for a long week because next Saturday we're taking on Oklahoma State. I hope that you guys tune in. I hope that you guys go to the game. And wherever you get your podcast, hit like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications because we're everywhere, free and available. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. I will see you on Monday. Till then, keep it locked right here.